0: The 2022 and 2023 recruiting slash transfer classes will change the trajectory of Texas football. You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Thank you for making Locked on Longhorns your first listen of the day. Today, we're discussing why the 2022 and 2023 recruiting slash transfer classes will change the trajectory of Texas football. Also, why the defensive line will be the most important unit on this football team this year and and directly determine the success of this football team. And then lastly, I want to touch on the Arterio Morris situation really quickly towards the end. But starting with why the 2022 and 2023 recruiting slash transfer classes will change their trajectory of Texas football. The easy and simple answer is that Sark and his staff have invested in the trenches in a way that the coaching staffs before them have not. That's the simple and easy answer. When you dive deeper into the numbers, you start to understand how important it is to invest in the trenches and how that directly correlates to the success of your football team. Let's look at the Georgia Bulldogs who just won the 2022 national championship if you look at the rosters, you would say that the 2018 and 2019 recruiting classes for Kirby Smart in Georgia were most influential in winning that 2022 national championship. The 2018 class was ranked number one in the country. The 2019 class, 2019 class, I'm sorry, was ranked number two in the country. But that's not what's most important. What's most important is how many players in the trenches came from those two recruiting classes. In the 2018 class, Georgia took 10 plus offensive and defensive linemen in that class. In the 2019 class, they followed that up with 10 plus more offensive and defensive linemen in that class. So combined offensive and defensive linemen, that number was 10 plus in 2018 and 2019 for the Georgia Bulldogs, which led to a championship in 2022. Now let me bring it a little bit closer to home. In the 2015 class, the Texas Longhorns had 10 offensive plus defensive linemen in that class. In the 2016 class, the Texas Longhorns had 13 offensive plus defensive linemen in that class. It's no coincidence that in 2018, Texas had their best year of the last decade, largely because of the 2015 and 2016 classes, because they invested in the trenches, those two years bringing in 23 total trench players which allowed them to have a 10 win season beat Georgia and play in the big 12 championship game in 2018, ultimately losing to Oklahoma. The reason I bring all of that up is because when you look at the 2022 class, Sark brought in 15 players in the trenches, offensive and defensive linemen. And if you look at the 2023 class, they're already at seven. Most people think that Darion Gallet and Braylon Shelby are Texas locks. That would put them at nine. And then you would need only one more offensive or defensive lineman to have two straight classes with 10-plus players in the trenches in it. And even if you only get to nine, let's say that Braylon Shelby and Darian Gallette commit, and they don't get any more offensive or defensive linemen in this class, you still have 24 over the last two years, which is an average of 12 offensive and defensive linemen per year over the last two years. The last time Texas did that, they played in a Big 12 championship game two years later. That's why the 2022 and the 2023 recruiting slash transfer classes will change the trajectory of Texas football. Not simply because they've invested in the trenches, but we have a model. We have data that shows us that when you invest in the trenches in that way for two consecutive years, it leads to conference championship games or national championship games. If you look at Georgia and Texas as the model, And Sark has already proven that he's an elite A-plus recruiter. We've seen what he's been able to do in his time at Texas thus far. But let's dive even deeper into the numbers while he was at Washington and USC. Because most people say that those tenures were disappointing. While he was at USC, he had the 10th recruiting class and the first overall recruiting class. So an average of, let's say, the fifth or sixth recruiting class in the nation. Since he's left, USC has had an average of the 17th best recruiting class in the nation. So from 5th to 17th. At Washington, Sark's average recruiting class was 21st in the country. Since he's left, the average recruiting class at Washington has been 28th. So at USC, he had an average of the 5th ranked recruiting class. It's gone down to 17th since he left. And at Washington... He had an average of the 21st ranked recruiting class, and it's gone down to 28th since he left. Now, he didn't have the success on the field he would have liked. He was dealing with a lot of off-the-field issues, as most of, if not all of us, know. But I feel he was on the way, or really did change the trajectory of Washington football, because he he had won five games in his first season there. The two seasons before that, they won four games total. He won two bowl games in five years there. They've won five total in the last 20 years, two of those from Sark. And he didn't match the success that Pete Carroll had at USC, but nobody has since Pete Carroll left. Not Lane Kiffin, not Sark, not Clay Hellman. I think that's his name. And Lincoln Riley remains to be seen. And now Sark has already shown that he's an A-plus recruiter. And now you add a different element to his game. You add another element to his disposal with the transfer portal. Because Sark was pulling in these classes without the ability to shop in the transfer portal. But now you look at it and you say, okay, I need a starting quarterback. I'm not sure if Hudson Card is the answer. Let me go get a Quinn Ewers, who was the number one player overall in his class. We know how important the tight end is in Sark's system. Sark didn't take a tight end in the 2022 class. And as of, at least as of right now, the two tight ends that he's taken in the 2023 class are three-star tight ends. So what does he do? He goes shopping in the transfer portal and gets Jaleel Billingsley, who on three has rated as the fifth best tight end in the country. Last year... Outside of Xavier Worthy, no other receiver on the team had more than 26 catches. He identified that as a big need, And what he did was he went out and got Isaiah Nair and then ultimately got Tariq Milton and Ajay Hall as well. And then he prioritized getting O'Shawn Mathis because this is a defense that only had 20 sacks last year. He did not get O'Shawn Mathis, but then Sark got creative. And so what does he do? Maybe he didn't like the quality of edge rushers that were left in the portal. So he goes and gets a freak in Diamante Tucker Dorsey at the linebacker position out of James Madison, somebody that's always around the ball. You can see that from his stats, over 100 tackles, nine tackles for loss, sacks, forced fumbles, interceptions. Literally, there's not a zero in his stat sheet. And he brings him in and says, I'm going to put you at linebacker with Jalen Ford to allow our best defensive player, Demarbian and Obershine, agent zero, to be versatile. He talked about at Big 12 media days, using him in a lot of different versatile ways. Translation, we're gonna use him as a pass rusher a lot. Right? Sark has already proved to be an A plus recruiter. And he's already proven that he can come in and change the trajectory of a program like he did at Washington. And like, I think he would have been on his way to doing at USC. Had he not had those off the field issues and demons because he knows how to come into a program, identify those needs, attack those needs and then make them strengths on the football team. You would not have said that quarterback was a strength for the Texas Longhorns last year. But I think Quinn Ewers will change that this year for the Texas Longhorns. You wouldn't have said tight end was a strength for the Texas Longhorns last year. But I think Jaleel Billingsley will make that a strength for the Longhorns this year. You wouldn't have said wide receiver was a strength for the Longhorns last year. Now they arguably have one of the best wide receiver rooms in the country. And you wouldn't have said linebacker was a strength for the Longhorns last year. But I think with the addition of Gary Patterson and Pete Kukowski's second year, the first time that the Longhorns have been in a defensive system for two consecutive years in the last four years, I think we'll look at it and say the linebacker play has greatly improved this year. And it's not just on the field people felt like the coaching staff left a lot to be desired last year. So what does he do? Bring in a Tashar Choice, one of the most respected running back coaches in the nation. Brennan Marion, who just coached Jordan Addison, the Belitnikoff winner, a future head coach. I absolutely believe that. And then Gary Patterson, who could have been a head coach for a lot of programs, comes in to bring to be the special assistant to SART and help Pete Kakowski with the defense. The 2022 and 2023 Recruiting slash transfer classes will change the trajectory of Texas football because they've invested in the trenches in a way that Texas has not done in the last decade. The one time they did it, they played in a Big 12 championship game because of it. He identified a need in the coaching staff and went out and fixed that immediately and has already paid dividends in recruiting and will pay dividends on the football field. And his ability to identify needs on a football team. Fill those needs and turn them into strengths is the reason that in the next few years, Texas will not only be a perennial conference championship contender, they'll be on the cusp of being a playoff contender year in and year out. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So continuing on that last segment, I talked about how he brought in all of those offensive and defensive linemen. And you definitely could not say that offensive and defensive line were a strength. For this Texas Longhorns football team last year, but continuing the theme of how I ended last segment, I believe that two to three years down the road, you'll be able to say that these are strengths for this football team when you're bringing in the best offensive and defensive linemen in the country. And with the success success they're going to have and the hype around this football team, I think they'll continue to do that. But I think the biggest determinant of success this year is going to be the defensive line and the pass rush. Now, I know that the offense is going to be really explosive and they're going to win some games of the offense. But I think the ceiling of this football team directly relies on the production of the defensive line and the pass rush. And let me get into that a little bit. When I looked at the three biggest question marks for this football team going into the 2022 season, Texas has question marks at the three most important positions in football. A wise man once told me that the three most important positions in football are the quarterback the person who throws the ball the quarterback the person who protects the quarterback the left tackle or right tackle depending on if he's left-handed or right-handed shout out to him and the person that's trying to sack the quarterback which is the d-line or the edge edge rushers texas had 20 sacks last year which is horrible And they've brought in some really good players, but it remains to be seen what this pass rush will look like in 2022. Same thing with the offensive line. They brought in some really good players. At the end of the day, they're true freshmen. It remains to be seen what this offensive offensive line will look like in 2022. And at quarterback, they brought in one of the most talented players in the country, but we haven't seen him yet. So therefore, quarterback remains a question mark heading into the 2022 season. But I'm of the belief that Quinn Ewers is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. So I think as soon as the Louisiana Monroe game starts, that won't be a question any longer. I'm a little more optimistic about how the offensive line will look this year than most. And I think the offensive line will be a work in progress throughout the year. But I think that the offensive line will be much improved. And I think the offense is so good that it won't hinder the offense from putting up 40 points a game but the defensive line is where I still have concerns because you go after an O'Shawn Mathis and you don't get him. And so you're relying on uh, a Baron Sorrells and a an Ovia Gofu, which looks like your likely starters on the edge. And you're hoping that one of those has a breakout season, or you're hoping that a Jamon Tapp or Jere Bledsoe or Justice Finkley could come in and have a breakout season as a true freshman. But either way, you're hoping for something that you haven't seen before. Or you're hoping that you can scheme up sacks or be more aggressive. But that takes away on the back end. And the reason that I'm concerned about this pass, which I say is going to dictate the success for this football team in 2022, is because it does not matter. And this wasn't a great defense last year. But it does not matter how well your linebackers play or how well you can hold up on the back end. If you cannot consistently get a pass rush, offenses are going to move the ball up and down the field on you. And although Texas has the pieces to win games in shootouts, you don't want to rely on being able to win shootouts every week. And you look at Baylor, they have a really good offensive line. They've changed quarterbacks. I think they're going to be a better passing offense in 2022. We can say what we want about Oklahoma and Dylan Gabriel, but his relationship with Jeff Levy, that's going to be an explosive offense in 2022. I don't know if Oklahoma State is going to be explosive, but Spencer Sanders has been at Oklahoma State for 10 years. Mike Gundy is good at offense. You'd have to think that's going to be a somewhat explosive offense. I think West Virginia has some explosive offensive potential. Texas Tech has some explosive offensive potential. Kansas State has some explosive offensive potential. You see where I'm going with this. As we saw last year in the Kansas game, you don't want to rely on being able to win shootouts because you can go out there and score 56 points in a game and still lose. I think that this is a team that can make it to the Big 12 championship game this year. I'm not predicting that they'll win it, but I do think that they need to be in the Big 12 championship game this year. And the only reason that is going to happen is if they can consistently get a pass rush. On opposing offenses week in and week out. And that's my biggest concern going into the season for this football team. And that's why it's going to dictate the long-term success of this football team. I think that they can still win seven and eight games without a great pass rush. But if we're talking about a nine win and above team, if we're talking about a big 12, you know, championship team, if we're talking about maybe a New Year's six bowl team, they're going to have a they're going to have to have a consistent pass rush. Like I said, you're going to have to have some players step up on the defensive line. And not just at the edge positions. You're going to have to get an interior rush with players like Keandre Coburn, Alfred Collins. This is going to have to be the year that they put it together. A Byron Murphy is going to have to step up. A Moral Ojimo is going to have to show us something. I like what they're going to do, you know, possibly with DeMonte Tucker-Dorsey and Jalen Ford at linebacker moving around agent zero. But you're going to have to be able to deploy him in a way that's going to allow him to roam free and get to the quarterback. We know that Alabama's going to be explosive and we know that there's a lot of explosive offenses in the Big 12. And the key to stopping them is not great coverage on the back end. It's not great linebacker play, but it's getting a pass rush. We talked about how the offensive line and defensive lines breed success on the national level is because as flashy as you are at quarterback and the wide receiver and tight end and running back positions, these games are still won in the trenches it's like the nba you can shoot from half court all day you can be steph curry all day the easiest shot in basketball is still a layup the key to winning the championship is still being able to protect the rim doesn't matter how cute you get on the outside doesn't matter how far you start shooting threes from the fundamentals of football are offensive and defensive line play and so as explosive as they are on the outsides and they've improved i believe on every unit in football this year. And I think that they'll be good. I think they'll win nine plus games. I think they'll be in the big 12 championship game. But for that to happen, the pass rush is gonna have to be exponentially better than it was last year. And somebody who I'm not sure who it is yet is gonna have to step up and have a breakout season for the Longhorns to ensure that they can get a pass rush, get opposing offense offenses off the field and put this explosive offense under Sark with Quinn Ewers at the helm on the field leading to nine-plus wins in their first Big 12 championship appearance since 2018. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Really quickly, I want to touch on the Arterio Morris situation. Uh, really, very talented point guard, five star point guard, I believe, 16th overall in the country out of Kimball High School in Dallas. Uh, last week, uh, his girlfriend, uh, ex girlfriend at this point, um, but his one time girlfriend posted some very troubling things on Instagram. Um, about their relationship. Uh, We learned that it was an abusive relationship. Uh, We learned that there was a restraining order against Archerio. He had been arrested um, before. And in the last clip on one of her posts, it shows him waving a gun at her. And the whole premise was she tried to leave him and he told her that she wasn't leaving. And in turn, Threatened her multiple times. She posted text messages from him showing that, the restraining order, all of that jazz. Also posted text messages and screenshots from his mother begging her not to go public with any of this because they didn't want to jeopardize Arterio's NBA career or his career at Texas this year. And as of now, he's still on the basketball team, hasn't been in trouble. Texas says they're looking into the situation. I just wanna say from her standpoint, I'm sorry that she had to deal with that and I'm praying for her. You know, everybody deals with breakups, but that does not give you the right to threaten a girl, wave a gun at her, say she's not leaving you, be aggressive towards her or treat her as if you're her property. I'm praying for her family and everybody involved. And I'm praying for Arturio Morris, the person, not the basketball player at the University of Texas. You have your whole life ahead of you. You have likely an NBA career ahead of you, a a professional basketball career at the least. You can't throw that away over a failed relationship. And at the end of the day, I know that your NBA career is important. But that doesn't change the fact that you're threatening a woman telling her she can't leave you and making her feel uncomfortable, making her feel unsafe, making her walk around looking over her shoulder for the rest of her life, or at least for the near future. I don't know what decision Texas is gonna make. I support them in any decision they make, but I definitely do not condone what we have learned thus far from Arterio Morris. And once again, I'm praying for Arterio Morris, the person, not the basketball player. Because he's obviously an NBA talent. He wouldn't be a five-star, the 16th overall prospect in the country if he wasn't. But what would, can derail that more than anything is your actions off the court. And right now, Arterio Morris is doing things that can affect what looks like a likely Future in professional basketball. And that's disheartening to see. You're taking for granted the God given ability you have at basketball. And you're taking for granted getting a free education at the least at the University of Texas, one of the most prestigious universities in the world. I don't know what's going to happen with Arturio Morris once again. And I support the University of Texas in any decision that they make. I hope that they do their due diligence and make the right decision. I hope that they prioritize doing the right thing over wins on the basketball court. And I hope that arterio Morris, who has made mistakes in the past, obviously, takes this situation as a learning experience moves on and gets better from it. And I hope that his ex girlfriend is able to move on from this situation, not have to live in fear and get better from it. But what's ultimately sad to me is to see one, a woman that has to go through this, a mom that is enabling the behavior of your son like this, and three, a young man with all the potential in the world who is willing to throw it all away over a relationship with his ex-girlfriend. Arturio, you are one of the most prestigious universities in the world, and you have professional basketball in your future more than likely. Regardless if you play at the University of Texas or however that happens, please don't screw this up. There's a lot of people that are counting on you and you have every opportunity to prove everybody who supported you your whole life right. And I'm going to leave it on that. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Lockdown Longhorns, your daily number one source for all, of, all things Texas athletics. Part of the Lockdown Longhorns, part of, excuse me, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, Longhorn Nation, peace.